You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. When you give birth in Australia, you have a number of choices. You can use shared care between your GP and hospital, go with a group midwifery practice, have an OB, obstetrician, or birth at home with a midwife. Today, we're going to take a look at it from the doctor's perspective, in particular, one doctor, GP Haley Worth. Haley's worked in shared care, in emergency and palliative care, so she has a wide range of experiences within clinical settings. Hi, Haley. Welcome to Feed, Play, Love. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. When you did shared care as a GP, did you talk to your patients about how they wanted to give birth? Yes, I absolutely did. I tried to always allow um, extra time because I'm aware that these conversations do take time. Some patients may have already have a you know a relatively set idea on what they are hoping for, and others wanted to kind of know what their options were. Um, so I believed it was very, very important to allow time to discuss those options with them. Now, you say that some might have very set ideas about the kind of birth they want. Do you find many patients have preconceived ideas about the type of birth they want without necessarily having all the information? Uh, I think that can be something that we encounter. Yes, I think until you actually give birth, as you and I would both know, it's really hard to know exactly what to expect. And so I think perhaps sometimes patients can have ideas that, you know, they're going to be able to go in and this is, you know, X, Y, Z, they're going to, their waters will break and then they'll go in, they'll have a couple of hours later, you know, they'll give birth <laughs> vaginally and then they'll start breastfeeding straight away. And it's like, oh, I mean, it's wonderful if that does happen, but as we all know, things don't always happen as straightforward as that. So how do you respond to those ideas, knowing both as a mother and a general practitioner that things don't always go according to plan you obviously don't want to rain on someone's parade but how do you respond to them when they say this is how I want to give birth particularly if your response is negative then Mm. that's not a great way to start the relationship between you and the patient is it yeah that's exactly right and I think um, we certainly don't want to as you say rain on their parade I think we always need to respect the patient's autonomy, that is their right to choose, and we need to provide them with the information which we think may be able to help them. I think it's important to um, say, look, it's fantastic that you've got this idea of how you'd like things to go. I'd really encourage you to try to remain keeping an open mind as birth does not always happen as we as we might wish it would, um, and things may change and things often do change quite unexpectedly. As you mentioned before and just then, things do change during labour. Do you talk to your parents-to-be about the birth experience itself? Like you said, it's very hard to imagine what it's going to be like until you're actually in it. That's right. So I don't want to, I guess, overload people with information if they don't want to hear it. But if it is something that they're open to, then I will, of course, speak to them about um, what the what labour can be like for women. I do um, discuss 
with them potential analgesia options which they may have available to them and I do encourage them to come up with a list of birthing preferences that they may have so I try to use the term birthing preferences rather than birth plan Um, and I'm happy to speak more to that if you'd like so that they can kind of have an idea with those preferences of what they would like to have happen during their labor and during their experience. It is uh, as soon as you said that that you say preference instead of plan. I loved it immediately because I think in my head when everyone says to you have a plan but be prepared if that plan plan doesn't happen. I'm like, mm. well then why have a plan in the first place? Like that's the whole point of having a plan. But if it's a preference, you've already kind of uh, in your language opened yourself up to the possibility it might not happen. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I mean, so much of what we do in everyday life and in medicine is all about language and how we communicate. And I think it can really have quite a quite a large ripple effect. So, for example, as you're saying, with the term birth plan, which I think, you know, everyone kind of knows and tends to use, it does quite put quite a rigid and disproportionate onus on the mother to fulfill these expectations that either they or even society have for their birth. And if and when things perhaps don't go according to this plan, it can really be quite damaging to the mom's emotional and mental well-being as there, there, there can be an implied failure of the woman and her body to perform as nature has supposedly designed her to. And, you know, we as women already tend to be quite hard on ourselves at the best of times, so it's just another opportunity for us to kind of internalise this perceived failure. Whereas when we use the term birthing preferences, it implies a more flexible approach therefore taking the onus off the mother, yet it can still be very helpful in guiding the mother and her healthcare providers. If a parent is wedded to a birthing Mm. preference, well, let's not even say preference because if they're wedded to it, they want it to happen. (laughs) That's right. Um, Let's say you have a patient who's completely wedded to a particular way of birthing that's potentially dangerous for them or the baby. What's your medical duty of care to that patient? Yeah, absolutely. So ideally, this woman would have hopefully had the chance to discuss this particular idea um, with her healthcare provider, whether that's her GP, midwife, obstetrician before they're due to give birth so this doesn't kind of unfold without any notice in the delivery suite. But I guess, you know, when it comes to a situation where we perceive that it is not necessarily safe, we do have to remember that we as doctors and nurses have a legal and ethical obligation, which we call duty of care, to hold the woman and her baby's safety at at the utmost priority. And so we need to, ideally, we need to communicate this to the woman and then take the necessary steps to safeguard the delivery. Now, that can be a very fraught moment, particularly Mm. if you're in this situation where um, perhaps your your care provider doesn't know what your preferences are Mm. uh, and or even if they do and they're like, this isn't going to work for you and that mother is in in that state you are when you're in labor (laughs) which isn't necessarily very conscious of what's going on do you have any uh I guess do you even have a philosophy in terms of how you communicate as a as a medical professional in that environment like how do you do that gently in a way that isn't going to upset the the mother in that really critical phase of labor 
Yeah, I think you've raised a, a really good and really difficult challenging point because, I mean, ideally these, I guess, these issues and these preferences would be raised before so that the um, the midwife and the obstetrician can discuss and um, advise on potential issues and risks. But as you say, sometimes sometimes perhaps that opportunity has not taken place and so um, women end up in the delivery suite with this all kind of happening and everyone is very kind of emotionally fraught, as you say. I think in this situation, it re- the you know ideally the the midwife or the obstetrician would sit down with the mother and communicate in a in a measured, empathetic way. However, as we know, things can happen very, very quickly in terms of changing risk in these scenarios, and sometimes the the doctor or the midwife has to have has to act very quickly in order to protect the mum and baby from serious um, harm, and sometimes. They just don't have the time to communicate in that way that we would all prefer. I think in this situation, we probably need to, I guess, prioritise the mother's and the baby's safety first and then work through improved communication afterwards, which I know is not ideal, but I think we really do need to prioritise the safety of the mother and the baby. One of the best um, things that, that women and patients have said to me that they find very, very helpful when they go through these very scary complications where it may feel as though their body and their birth is taken out of their control and they don't have the time to ask, you know, to, to ask and figure out what is happening during that time is to ask their midwife or obstetrician after birth. And sometimes the, the midwife or the obstetrician will actually offer this themselves. If not, then, then the woman um, should feel very empowered to ask the midwife or obstetrician, please tell me exactly what happened during my delivery. Why did I need to be rushed to theatre or why did you need to do this procedure? And this will hopefully allow their questions and concerns to be answered. And it, and it can, in, in my patient's experience, at least contribute to a degree of closure, especially if the birth was traumatic. And do you find that that sort of catch-up post-birth isn't happening because you do hear a lot of stories about women who have experienced a traumatic birth. Do you think that's part of what's lacking is that connection at the end where the medical staff explain to the woman why that procedure happened? Mm, That's a really good question. My experience, just personally speaking with my patients, has been that generally it is offered, an explanation and discussion is offered, but I can imagine that if it isn't and if the woman feels very um, you know, isolated and lonely and certainly if they don't have a good GP that they can go and speak to, then I imagine that would be really, really challenging for them to deal with. I know that you spoke speak to your, when you were doing shared care, you spoke to your mums both pre- and post-natally about birth um how do you deal with it if they have had that experience where Mm. they felt like control has been taken out of their hands that things didn't go Mm. the way they wanted and that they're feeling quite upset about it all yeah absolutely yes so any woman who comes to me after they've given birth um i think it's very important to ask them open non-leading and non-judgmental questions which allows her to tell me about her experience rather than you know immediately kind of superimposing my thoughts and beliefs so if I've kind of received a you know discharge summary which says oh you know vaginal delivery or xyz or perhaps you know instrumental delivery or whatever it was 
I don't necessarily go by that. I try not to assume what's written on paper is, you know, what perhaps the woman feels is experienced, either good or bad. And I ask a very simple question such as, how do you feel that everything went with your birth? If they then disclose physically or emotionally traumatizing events, then I think it's important to empathize and validate. And I also believe it's very important to offer the mother a referral to a psychologist who specializes in perinatal or birth trauma. The last thing I was going to say is I do believe that the choice of words that we use in general in society, but especially in medicine as doctors and as healthcare professionals is very important. So just as it's preferable to ask, are you bottle or breastfeeding rather than just are you breastfeeding, which kind of puts the onus on the mother to say yes or no. I also prefer to avoid using the words normal or natural delivery and instead just simply say vaginal delivery, simple things like that. Mm, I think we could all do with changing our language a bit around that. Mm. Um, Hayley, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, you're so welcome. It's such a pleasure to talk to you. That's GP Hayley Worth. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.